Welcome. You're listening to the You're Crazy Professor, but it might just work, amazing podcast. Episode 33. Dangerously irresponsible news coverage of mass shootings. After the mass shooting in Plymouth on the 12th of August, which saw five people murdered by Jake Davison, questions need to be asked about the way mass shootings are covered on UK TV news. Mass shootings resulting in four or more fatalities are extremely rare in the UK and they occur roughly once every 10 years. The UK has seen some multiple fatality mass shootings Barry Williams in West Bromwich in 1978, Michael Ryan in Hungerford in 1987, Thomas Hamilton in Dunblane in 1996, Derek Bird in Cumbria in 2001, and now sadly Jake Davison in Plymouth in 2021. Others who've undertaken mass shooting sprees and rampages that did not result in enough fatalities to be classed as mass shooters include Robert Sartin in 1989 in Monk and Ralph Mote in 2001 in Rothbury. These shooters had similarities to the more accomplished mass shooters. Mote, for instance, turned to police and taunted them during his spree, saying he was more dangerous than Derek Bird, who committed his shooting spree just one month before. It's easy to see that mass shooters are influenced by the news coverage of other mass shooters. Let's talk a little bit about fame-seeking mass shooters. There are many causes behind mass shootings and many complex factors at play, such as disordered personalities and personality disorders, serious mental health problems in some cases, and strange and strong ideological beliefs. The fame-seeking mass shooter is a common type of attacker. There are four criteria used to establish if a mass shooter was seeking infamy. Did they make statements about becoming famous? Did they seek notoriety via videos or manifestos and other legacy items? Did they post messages to social media prior to their attacks? And did they mention role models with a violent history that may be both real and based in literature or TV or movies. Research has successfully demonstrated that fame-seeking mass shooters are more dangerous than non-fame-seeking mass shooters, as their goal requires them to kill more victims in order to secure more news coverage. Fame-seeking mass shooters also tend to be significantly younger and more aware of the power of the internet than typical mass shooters. It's also worth noting that mass shooting is contagious. Researchers have known of the contagion phenomenon for a long time, where news coverage of shootings leads to tangible increases in subsequent mass shootings, and researchers demonstrated this modelling effect can last up to 10 years in some cases. As an example, Michael Ryan, the Hungerford shooter, was inspired by news coverage of the 1987 Hoddle Street shootings in Australia by a former soldier called Julian Knight. And this attack occurred just 10 days before Michael Ryan was inspired to commit his attack in Hungerford, halfway around the world from Australia. Research in the US has shown that mass shootings occurring within four to 10 days 
of US TV news coverage of mass shootings accounted for 50% of all mass shootings between 2013-2016. So it's hard to deny the impact that TV news coverage has on causing some people in society who may have been thinking about mass shootings to be inspired by those who've gone ahead and done it before them. Now let's talk about copycats. In addition to contagion, there's the more overt copycat effect, where mass shooters try to emulate aspects of previous mass shootings or mass shooters, and this has also been shown to exist. The Columbine High School attack by Harrison Klebold in 1999 has gone on to inspire over 100 attempted attacks, including 74 different plots in over 30 US states, and a further 18 mass shooting attacks that were planned to coincide with the date of the original Columbine shooting. It's also very striking to note that the vast majority of those potential attackers who tried to copy Columbine were not even born when Columbine happened. That's the strength and potency that some mass shootings have when they pass into some kind of legend. In this case, it's the common narrative that Harris and Klebold were victims of being bullied and that they'd taken upon themselves to avenge themselves and the other victims in high schools and take it out on the jocks and the bullies. That's not true. That is not true. But that's the common story, the common narrative that was spread by the media and the news. And unfortunately, that has lived on and got its own legacy and has gone on to inspire other potential attackers who strangely see Harrison Klebold as some kind of anti-hero. The first copycat mass shooting incident was undertaken by Robert Smith in Texas in November 1966. Smith killed four women and a child in a beauty salon, and he intended to kill more, but he got there on a day when the salon was quiet. He'd been inspired by Richard Speck's murder of eight women in a college dormitory in July that year, and then by the Texas University clock tower shooting by Charles Whitman in August. Smith stated when he was arrested, I wanted to get known, I just wanted to get myself a name, I wanted people to know who I was. Many years later, Martin Bryant, who was responsible for the 1996 Tasmanian mass shooting, had been influenced by Thomas Hamilton, the Dunblane primary school shooter. Bryant told police when he was arrested that he wanted to beat the record of that Dunblane guy six weeks after the Dunblane massacre occurred. Now, we know that, that Martin Bryant suffered from mental health problems, severe mental health problems and personality issues, but even so, he was clearly influenced by what Hamilton had done and the news coverage it received. Similarly, back home, there was an infamous machete attack on a children's nursery in Wolverhampton by Horrid Campbell, a man who did suffer from severe paranoid schizophrenia. He also admitted that he'd been inspired by the events in Dunblane Primary School that had occurred three months earlier. And again, although severe mental health problems were a factor, no doubt he had been influenced by another mass killer that he'd seen on the news. The birth of mobile TV news coverage in the 1960s and the ability of cameras to get to the scenes of crimes and, and report in a more graphic way clearly created criminals who did not seek fame but achieved it and that also resulted in copycat fame seekers.
broadcasters have responsibilities. No Notoriety is a campaign group that was founded in 2015 by the parents of one of the victims of James Holmes's mass shootings in Colorado. No Notoriety advises broadcasters about the protocol of reporting sensibly, warning of the need to balance the public's need to know about a mass shooting attack versus the potential harm that over-coverage and glamorous coverage can cause. Such a protocol includes not repeatedly showing photographs of the attacker, not showing the attacker's social media posts, not giving attackers nicknames and showing them as fighting back or being victims of a society that, that left them behind. No notoriety also advises not to show photographs of mass shooters alongside photographs of their victims because of course it's clearly irresponsible and harmful to family members of those victims. They also suggest that coverage of mass shooting should focus more on what happens to the community and the build back after mass shootings have occurred, not just focusing on the attacker. That point about nicknames is very important because unfortunately the Plymouth mass shooter in 2021 was given a nickname by some quarters of the media. We'll come on to that in a little while. The cavalier use of easily available broadcast-friendly materials such as Facebook posts and Twitter posts and YouTube videos can also make such shooters appear successful, of elevated status and even being competent and newsworthy. The impacts of this coverage upon someone who may have been fantasising about undertaking a mass shooting themselves can be dangerous. Distinct from deliberate copycat effects, there's a subtle yet significant impact upon those who've considered mass shootings who then see them happening by people on the TV who they may have identified with or even idolised. So, irresponsible news coverage. Despite the responsibilities that broadcasters have and an awareness of the need for sensitive reporting, the first 72 hours after the mass shooting by Davison on August the 12th included many instances of dangerous reporting, including his internet posts, video footage of him ranting on the camera about misogynistic posts, and photographs of him posing. His self-proclaimed comparison with the Terminator character was also revealed in TV news coverage. By allowing him to say he felt like the Terminator is something that could again potentially influence other people who may want fame and infamy, getting such a cool nickname. In covering this story, footage was used of another infamous mass shooter, Elliot Roger, who was responsible for the Isla Vista mass shooting, and he exhibited similar views in his internet posts and YouTube videos. And the link was made between Jake Davison and Elliot Roger because of the alleged incel nature, or certainly the clear misogynistic nature of some of his posts and internet rants. It's bad enough to show irresponsible coverage of one mass shooter, but then to link that mass shooter with an even more infamous incel mass shooter who himself has influenced several other attacks is quite dangerous. The link between broadcasts of Elliot Rogers' legacy items, manifesto, his hateful manifesto, and his YouTube videos are known to have influenced many mass killers 
who made subsequent direct references to Elliot Roger before commencing their own attacks, including Nicholas Cruz and Alex Mersayan in Canada. And Nicholas Cruz, of course, you'll remember, was responsible for the worst school shooting ever in the US on the 14th of February in 2018. And this worst school shooting in US history came only five months after the worst ever mass shooting in the US in October 2017 in Las Vegas. Many mass shooters who survived their attacks have admitted that they resorted to such attacks at a very difficult time in their lives for whatever reason. And following the social and economic impacts of the COVID pandemic in the UK, I think it's fair to say that we may house many, many more people than we realise who would have an affinity to Jake Davison and his views and his lifestyle, possibly more than ever before. The UK strict firearms laws may be little use in protecting the public, as many attackers often resort to using blades, sharps and vehicles as weapons if access to guns is not available. And we know in the first week after the story broke about this mass shooting, much was made about how Jake Davison had had his shotgun certificate and weapon removed because of a complaint about uh, a violent incident, and he was given that back sometime before his mass shooting. That's a bit of a red herring, because someone who's so angry and hate-filled and an explosive rage will find a way to commit damage and hurt. Using vehicles is very common in the UK for those who can't get access to firearms, and we also saw that as we mentioned before, Alex Messiaen, who was influenced by Elliot Roger, he ran a van into a dozen people in Canada because he couldn't get access to firearms. So, UK firearms laws, which are probably the most strict in the world, are great, but they're never going to be perfect, as we've seen with our history of mass shootings in the UK. But the bottom line is this. If broadcasters change how they report mass shooting events in future, they could remove the fame and infamy that many attackers seek, thereby denying potential attackers of any attention and infamy from the news, and that would deter them from future shootings. Hopefully it will be many, many, many more years before we see another mass shooting in the UK, but certainly changing the way mass shootings are reported is one thing we can do to make these events less likely in the UK. You've been listening to the You're Crazy Professor, but it may just work. Amazing podcast. I hope it's been useful. I hope it's been informative.